ice cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help your black ass? You goddamn right. Won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown. And not the other color, so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one. For a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on. And thrown in jail, we can go toe to toe in the middle of a cell. Fucking with me cause I'm a teenager. With a little bit of gold and a pager. Searching my car, looking for the product. Thinking every nigga is selling narcotics. Hey guys, um, I don't even want to say like welcome to the podcast because I don't even really feel like this is a podcast episode, more like this is like an audio journal entry for me at this point, um, coming to you on this Sunday morning, like, I don't even know where to start, you guys, to be honest, so much shit is happening and, um, like, I just need to, I guess, get it out. And it would be a disservice, I think, for me to not talk about it on here. Because, you know, I started this podcast, like, with the intention of, you know... Not of voicing my opinion, because that's not what it is. I know that's what I end up doing (laughs) all the time. But it's more, like, I guess to give, like, to use my voice to empower other people. There you go. That was the point of this podcast, was to show the world, like, hey, you know, um, we out here in Miami, like, there's so many different like experiences um beyond like the music video Miami that you see on TV you know beyond like the celebrities like like there are real Miamians that live in the suburbs and you know deal with like the issues the complexities of being latina and being black and being in Miami but which is a part of Florida surprisingly right and being in the United States. And so it would be a huge disservice of me to, like, I think, to not, um, like, process what's happening. So buckle up because y'all are about to go on a trip. Um, I guess before I go into anything, like, I should apologize because this is going to be... A pretty expletive filled um segment audio recording whatever you want to call it because i don't call it an ep- i'm not like i don't feel like this is an episode you know what i mean like um as with like the rest of the podcast like this is me and it's unfiltered i'm not good at editing as you guys who listen you know to the podcast know Like, I am not good with editing, so all the stuff that I say is pretty unfiltered, unedited, um, 
you know, like, this is just, like, how I see the world right now, how I see Miami, and that's, like, the whole point of this podcast, is to show how to see, how I see the world, how I see Miami, what it is to be living here, what it is for me to go, like, travel, and, like, kind of relate to my experiences, um, you know, elsewhere, (laughs) and so this is, I don't know, it's heavy, man, like, it's been such a heavy, week it's been a heavy week like ooh like fuck man like the white devil has been at freaking work this week that's what i will say the white man the white not not the white man the white devil cuz this shit's demonic like like i said excuse my cursing lord jesus forgive me i am a praying woman i am a you know a faithful woman like i believe in god and when i say this is like some devil stuff this is some devil demonic stuff that comes from like a demonic place because there is no way like that's the way i see it if you don't agree whatever i don't really care (laughs) not my problem you know what i mean like But it's like, because all of this is so twisted and so distorted and so messed up that this is like, it's inhumane what, um, what's been going on. It's completely inhumane. Okay. And so, as we know, like, there's been so much happening this week. I don't even know where to start. But I guess I'll start with with Joe Biden. Uh, you know what? Let's run through, I guess, what kicked stuff off. Let's start. Okay, so first of all, Joe Biden. Fuck Joe Biden, okay? But you know what? I'm still going to vote for him. Because he said some ignorant-ass ignorant shit <laughs> talking about, oh, if, if it's hard for you to pick... Um, between me and Trump, like, then you ain't black. Shut the fuck up with that. Like, that's so stupid that I'm sorry our ears had to hear it. And I'm kind of annoyed that Charlemagne kind of took the, um, you know, Charlemagne the guy on The Breakfast Club, that's where that interview happened, kind of, like, took it the soft, like, he did not come back hard at him. He, did he call him out? Yes. Like, did he call Joe Biden out? Yes. Like, wait a minute. But he, like, was definitely not as himself about it. So, whatever. Joe Biden. That was just the beginning. I think that was on Friday when we were like, ah, shit. So, racist rapist number one or racist rapist number two? I'm going to go with racist rapist number two, Joe Biden, because he is not worse than Trump. That's for sure. Um, and you know what, for a little bit more context before I go, you know, no, no, no. So then after that, um, down here in Miami, there was a a young boy that was reported kidnapped by two black men. And then we, and whatever then we find out that wasn't true the mom actually killed him so that kind of like really fucked with us and especially like with us in this area because it happened close to us it messed it messed with us 
Then we had the George Floyd thing. We had the videos. Then the protests. Mind you, COVID is in the background of all of this. So there's been a lot happening. Um... And uh, you know what? I want to give uh, like a little bit of a primer for my views on certain things. Like, as you guys know, like I said earlier, like this is my reality. You know what I mean? This is what I'm like, like, like this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm processing. Um. One thing that I want you guys to keep in mind is like. I'm not here to make people, white people feel comfortable. I'm past that. Um, I think when you are a person, when you're a black person that grows up in like a white neighborhood, largely white neighborhood or white community because um, an Hispanic community, right? Because like maybe here in Miami where I physically live, you know, it's mostly Hispanic people, right? There are white people. There are Hispanic people who think they're white people. And I, like, and in my community, in my church community, like, it was mostly, like, 95% white Americans. So all the white people that live here in Miami, I found them. I grew up with them. You know what I mean? And so I think that... When you grow up in that kind of environment and it's like you and one other black person in the room and it comes to issues of race, you feel at least how I felt when I was younger was like I had to be the peacemaker. I had to be the Martin Luther King. I had to be the one to be like, no, you know what I mean? Like we, you know, like we were peaceful like, we had to disprove the angry black stereotype. You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I'm not like them. We had to, like, kind of, like, separate separate ourselves from other black people and the black experience. And almost be, like, the ambassador of black people to these white people. Like, hey, yeah, like, you see, like, we come to church, we go to school, like, we're normal. And then, you know, I think you know, with more maturity and the older we get, like, other people, at least for me, I realized that I was trying so hard to make white people feel comfortable with me, and that's not my job, and I don't care anymore, you know what I mean, like, whatever stereotypes that you have, that's your problem, okay, So, you know what I mean? And I say all that to say, like, this is my platform. This is my podcast. This is So I'm going to say what I want. And if you're uncomfortable with it, you don't have to listen. I don't care. Okay? And when I talk about white people, like, I'm talking about, like, these cracker-ass racists. Like, cracker-ass crackers, like Charlemagne says. That, like, hide in the general population, right? Because you don't know who's racist or not. And, like, I don't know. For me, at least... I'm just like, you're racist until proven otherwise. Like, sorry. Even Hispanic people, especially Hispanic people. Hispanic people can be super racist too. And there's like a lot of colorism, of course, in the Hispanic community as well. So, you know what I mean? Like, so no, like, 
I don't care if you're offended by the fact that I'd be like, yeah, white people are racist. Yeah, white people are racist. Okay. Um, it's a weird thing, I think, for me culturally, um, ethnically. Like, it's a weird position to be in because I feel almost like I'm half in, half out. Like, yeah, I'm black and I'm black as fuck. Like, I don't care. You know, um, of course, like, people always, like, look at both black and white, okay? Look at me because of, like, the way I talk, whatever. Um, You know, I would like to think I'm very eloquent. (laughs) And, you know, I, like, enunciate. But, you know, that's just, like, the way I talk. That has nothing to do with, like, my culture or heritage, like... No, I'm black. I'm black as fuck. Like, blackity black. Like, I don't care. Another note on the Hispanic part. I've had plenty of Hispanic people tell me, like, no, you're Latina. You're not black. And I'm like, nope, I'm very black. And I'm like, I'm Latina. Like, I'm both. And I'm very proud to be both. You know what I mean? And I'm not, you know, like, and I have dark skin. People, honestly, a lot of times, like... Like, Haitians know I'm Haitian. Haitians can figure out that I'm a Haitian. But for the most part, but everyone besides Haitians, they think I'm American because I have dark skin that I'm very proud of. And, like, you know, the way I talk and whatever. So it's very annoying when you have people trying to tell you, like, what you should be claiming or who you are. And you're like, no, get away from me. Um... So, yeah, you know, like, I am black. I'm black American. But then my parents are both immigrants from places that have very deep roots in slavery. And so their views and their experiences have been a little bit different, right? And, like, the way that they process those experiences. Like, so... So, yeah, I'm Latina, but my mom is a black Latina, too. So it's not like, oh, yeah, my mom is white and my dad's black and my mom is like a white Latina. No, my mom is a black Latina. My dad is, you know, a black Haitian man equals black Latina Haitian girl. <laughs> um, You know, my mom's from, you know, Cartagena and my dad, Cartagena, Colombia, and my dad's from Puerto Rico, Haiti. Like, Cartagena was a slave port, was the major slave port for um, South America, like, the, like, just where shit was going down, you know what I mean, because it's, like, in the northern, northern, northern most part of Colombia, um, and you go to Cartagena, everyone's mixed, like, every, like, people who go there are in awe, because it's, like, wow, everyone here is, like, truly mixed with, between, you know, black and indigenous, indigenous and white, black and white, like, everyone is, is very, very mixed up, like, if you guys ever, if I ever post a picture of my family, you'll see we have all shades of black in my family, even the lightest of my family are black, you know what I mean? And so we have, like, all these beautiful shades and hair textures and, um, you know, eye colors, everything. Like, there's so much diversity just in my family alone. And so, like, the whole city is pretty interesting to go out there and see it for yourself. 
she's like well I've never been surrounded by so many black people who speak Spanish like <laughs> you know and then and it was and you know and Cartagena was also the first city in like the Americas to claim their independence like you know what I mean like they had a slave revolt like they were able you know I mean the slave revolt didn't equal independence it ended up being, you know, Simon Bolivar, Liberator of the Americas. He was able to do it with the help of Haiti, BTW. But, you know what I mean? Like, it was, like, the first place to claim their independence and then to, like, you know, um, outlaw slavery and what have you. Haiti was the first black republic in the world. Haiti did claim their independence through a slave revolt. And let me tell you something about Haiti, Okay. When the slave revolution, like the Haitian revolution happened in Haiti and the slaves were were able to overthrow their masters, claim their independence from France, you know what I mean? After fighting with Napoleon's armies, okay, go read some history. They, like France and the United States of America and England actually as well, worked really wow sorry guys that is sunny barking it was probably a cat because she never gets that upset anyways but um what was i saying oh yeah Sorry, I'm, like, listening to hear what it is. I'm like, was it a cat or should I be worried? Anyways, the United States, France. Hold on. I think I have visitors. So these three countries basically got together and they made sure that any news of this slave revolt would not get back to the other islands and to the U.S. because they did not want those slaves getting inspired by the Haitian Revolution and realizing that, hey, like, if we band together, like, we can overthrow them. Which, you know, the slaves in the U.S. figured out anyways, right? Um, And so, yeah, like... I'm a black woman in America, but I also recognize that, like, my ancestors did not have to contend with what it is to be black in America. You know what I mean? Like, my ancestors, like, my parents didn't grow up in, like, the desegregation era. Neither did my grandparents. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't grow up, like, my grandparents didn't grow up in, like, the civil rights era. My parents didn't grow up in the desegregation era. And and that comes with its own trauma. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is all historical trauma we're going through. So I recognize that, like, my perspective is slightly different than, like, people whose ancestors go back to being slaves here in America. Um, and I say that because different countries and even different states, honestly, have dealt with their slave history in different ways um 
you know, obviously, I mean, Haiti, like, it was, you know, came born out of a slave revolt. Um, Cartagena, for instance, Colombia in general, for instance, um, you know, like, acknowledges the history and acknowledges the history. And then on top of that, like, the racism there was and all of that was not legalized by the government. Let's say it like that. It was interpersonal, but it wasn't like a government institute um, employing these methods, right? Um, so I understand that it's like they come, my parents come from a totally different perspective than I do. But then, you know, like a long time ago, like when the Trayvon Martin stuff started happening, um, I was talking to a really good friend of mine who she's a Nigerian American, you know, born here, parents from Nigeria. And she was telling me that, you know, her dad told her once that we needed to pay attention to what was happening and be grateful to the to the black people and their ancestors who put their like themselves on the line. You know what I mean? Because of what they did. We are here and. Um, you know, as immigrants and children of immigrants, like, we have been able to, like, you know, um, to move forward, you know, because of the Black people here who have fought for our independence, our rights, you know, our livelihoods, people like my parents, people like my friend's parents could come to this country and be successful. And so it's like, even when your family isn't here from here, or even if you're not from here, right? Like, if you're a black person, you were born somewhere else. When, once you, like, that doesn't matter almost once you're here because they can't tell the difference. And so we have to recognize that as well and be respectful of, um, of like, of what I can say the African-American, right, experience. Um... <sighs> Another thing I want to say, when I talk about cops, you know, this is operating under the assumption, like I said but earlier about white people, cops are bad cops until proven otherwise. I've had my encounters with good cops, but unfortunately, I've had a lot of encounters with bad cops, you know what I mean? And so it shouldn't take knowing someone who has been through an experience personally um, with, like, law enforcement or through personal, like, racist experiences to feel like, oh, I believe you. Like, no, believe a black person when they're telling you, like, yo, um, they were treating me this way and this is why. Like, you know what I mean? Because a lot of people t- like to gloss over, like to invalidate like what people are feeling and what people go to go through i can't speak you know about cops on an on its individual or white people on an individual level because obviously i don't know every single person but as an institution cops are racist they started off you know like the patrol era patrol type cops started off as runaway slaves slave patrols you know what i mean their job was to patrol um, the areas where the tra- tra- uh, where the plantations were and catch runaway slaves and return them to their owners. 
okay? <laughs> um, and an institution that started off like that, that was backed by a government that also, you know, enforced racist policies. You're telling me that institution is not inherently racist, has not inherently been racist, and done things and had these horrible you know, um, interactions with, like, the black community, I find that super hard to believe, you know? Um, man. Like, I just have so many things I want to say, and I hope it makes sense to whoever's listening, or I hope it makes sense to me later, you know? And I want to encourage you guys, too, like, to journal, like, document these things that are happening, what's happening to you, what's happening in the world, you know, like journal it, videotape it, do what I'm doing, podcast it, record it, you know, write out what you feel at the moment, because like, honestly, we cannot forget what's happening, you know, and what we feel, and, and We can't let the world forget what's happening either. We can't let the U.S. forget what's happening. Like, this is happening for a reason. Riots, you know, don't just start out of nowhere. You know what I mean? But I guess if you're a racist person with the inherent belief that black people are violent, then I guess, yeah, you feel like like violence and riots and looting just come out of nowhere, so... You know, whatever. <clears throat> um, I'm doing this and I'm encouraging others to do whatever they need to do to process this. Because black mental health is important right now. It is so important right now. Like, if you need to disconnect to cope, do it. If you feel like you need to to do something, you need to go to action and help do it. If you need to call on your friends to help you, do it. You know what I mean? As a black person, like, if you need to call, like, on your black friends to process together, do it. You know what I mean? And, like, have that dialogue, like. And so, yeah. Like, we need to take care of ourselves and of each other right now. Um... So we started off with Joe Biden. (laughs) Memorial Day weekend. Okay. And you know what? I'm so glad that Urban Beach weekend. Side note. I'm so glad Urban Beach weekend did not happen this year. Um, You know, because of Corona, the beaches are closed. If you guys are not familiar, Memorial Day weekend, a.k.a. Urban Beach weekend, a.k.a. Hip Hop Beach weekend, is a time... I don't know how this started, TBH. I just, like, growing up, it's just like it was always the way it was. Is when, you know, all the black people, and a lot of Hispanic people too, actually, go hang out on on the beach. And I know they used to do, like, little concerts and stuff. Like, I remember um, hearing about concerts. But they stopped that, like, a long time ago. But yeah, everybody comes. And Urban Beach Weekend is always ends up being a problem because the cops go out there and antagonize black people let's just call it what it is every single year there's something that happens someone gets hurt because of these cops 
So I am glad it didn't happen this year because I shit would have popped off over here in Miami much sooner for sure. If something would have happened, like it would have added a lot more fuel to like the proverbial fire fire. But anyway, so yeah, Memorial Day weekend. Um, just like I said, the white devil just has been at work. Like there was just like so many instances of black people being presented as a threat when they weren't. You know, like freaking. You know, like I mentioned earlier. You know, here in my neighborhood, like not even ten minutes away from here. You know, um. You know, a mother killed her own son. Her son was nonverbal autistic, you know, on the on the spectrum. And she killed him by, like, pushing him into a canal and letting him drown. Which I'm like, that is fucking fucked up. And then this lady had the nerve to sit here and say that her son was abducted by two black men. Like... And I hate that because they be doing that. You know what I mean? Like they like people just sit here and when they want to cover up their weird crimes and murders, sit here and involve black people, which is, I guess, like, a, like really random. But the Jesse Smollett thing, like that's what was like really weird and fucked up, like was in his weird staged hate crime. Like, why would you use black people? Anyways. First of all, when I heard that supposedly this this little boy was abducted before the all the information come out, right? So when they were doing like the search thing, I knew that 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 what she was saying about it being two black people was a lie because I've mentioned before I live in a definitely I live in Kendall, my dogs. Like if you're from Miami, like where are the black people here in Kendall? There are very few black people. I have one black friend that lives here in Kendall. Okay. Like, black people are far and few around here. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, like, in my complex, um, a couple years ago, I was, like, walking my dog, as I do every day. Um, and this black girl, like, pulled up next to me, like, pulled over, got out the car, and was like, oh, my God, I'm so glad to see you here. And I'm like, hey, and she was super cool. And she was telling me that, you know, her and her family had just moved from Georgia and that, um, like, she was so surprised because she hadn't seen any black people. And I was like, girl, yeah, there's no black people around here. And so, you know, I gave her, like, the lowdown on the hair store, which our nearest hair store is definitely, like, 20 minutes south in Perrine. But, and, you know, I would always, like, say hi to her when I would see her around. She was just so excited to see me. That's how few black people live in Kendall. Okay. The only and then I know or not know, but I've seen one black man, one older man that walks in the morning at the same time I walk my dog. That's the only other person I've seen in this like gated community. Right. And so it's like so it's like how are you going to sit here and say that these two black men abducted your kid knowing like a black person knowing they would like stick out like a sore thumb you know what i mean like man anyways and so that shit annoyed me because it's like no like that's really fucked up don't use a racist stereotype to accomplish your malfeasance and especially like like whatever that lady has a special place in hell 
Anyways, um, and then as we know, Central Park Karen, you know, <laughs> Central Park Karen decided to call the man, call the police on the man because the man was like, yo, you need to put your dog on a leash in the park. How many white people have not complained or called the police on people for not having your dog on a leash? But yet, they're the very same ones that want to be doing that. Anyways. And so she and she changed her voice and everything to sound distressed on the video. Like, oh my, on the call. And at the same time, she's like choking her own dog. And now, you know, she's boohoo crying because she lost her job. And everyone saw what, she, what a lying jerk she is. And then, you know, kind of what I talked about, like earlier about like oh yeah sometimes you feel pressure to be like the ambassador of black people or to be the peacemaker then you know the man christian cooper came and said you know like on an interview like oh no like he was trying to be a nice guy he's like oh maybe she didn't deserve to have like her life destroyed and like in my head and what i have talked about with other people it's like no man like she was using her privilege. She knew what she was doing. And her privilege could have gotten this man killed because people have been killed for much less. And so, you know, black people have been killed for much less when it comes to involving the police. And you sitting here telling this these cops, white lady telling these cops, like, oh, yeah, this black man is threatening you and your dog, especially at the mention of the dog, Okay. Like, those cops would have been there in a millisecond and would have shot that man. And his binoculars thinking that he was armed or some stupid shit like that. You know what I mean? Like, so... So, that was super stupid. And then, of course, you know... We hear about... George Floyd getting killed... We hear about the video. The video drops. And every single time something like this happens, and there's audio, there's video, there's pictures, I really try to avoid it because it's like, one, I'm not a judge. So I don't want to see these things. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not a cop. I'm not an investigator. I don't want to see these horrific things in a visual manner. Like, and it's really hard to avoid if you're on social media, even if you're not on social media. Like, it's really hard to avoid. And I don't know, I don't think people, white people, recognize how hard it is to to see that you know what I mean like it's too much and the thing is you know like whether white people recognize it or not we have a constant flow of this information you know what I mean like we as black people know that these killings keep happening these instances of police brutality keep happening Especially when we're engaged with, like, our own media sources, right? So, you know, you've got, like, The Shade Room. You've got The Breakfast Club. You've got Blavity. 
um, you know, HuffPost, Black Voices, when you got the Black side of Twitter, the Black side of Tumblr, you know what I mean? Like, like that's how we get information that we, and we, and, you know, and we try to circulate it so that people will do something. But, so it doesn't, you know what I mean? It doesn't stop, like, once George Floyd, once this thing blows over, I, which I don't know when it will, you know what I mean? That doesn't mean that po- police brutality will stop. Like, we will still keep hearing about it from our own sources, even if you don't hear about it in the mainstream media. You know what I mean? In, like, the 24 news cycle. And, you know, I really felt like I couldn't escape. I, You know, I was able to not see the video. But, of course, the pictures are everywhere. And, like, I refuse to share the video. I refuse to share the pictures because I think it's like a snuff film, you know what I mean? And, you know, and Killer Mike said it, it's murder porn. And, like, I know people share it because you need to wear a raise awareness, it's, but it's so hard to look at. And, like, when you keep seeing, you know, the images of, like, these black men and women dying at the hands of racists, it does something to you as a black person. And it's like, you know, for all the people that I've talked to, you know, encountered, who, and especially a lot of people, you know, of course, are, are super upset because, you know, the Ahmad Aubrey information came out recently, too. And people are like, oh, that upset me. That upset me this time. Yeah, imagine being... Three times more upset, shaken to your core every single time you hear about it. You know what I mean? Um, and that night, like, and then finding out, you know, that all they did was fire the four cops. They didn't arrest them, nothing. Fired them. I couldn't sleep. Like, like you know, and I kept trying, you know... I don't know about you guys. I definitely lay in bed at night. <laughs> you know, do my little social media before I go to sleep. And I just couldn't sleep. And then, you know, my like my muscle memory kept taking me to social media. And I kept seeing the pictures. And I could not do it. Like, to the point that, like, I, I, I didn't know what else to do on the phone. Because I couldn't sleep. But I, needed, I wanted to do something. So I went on OfferUp just to scroll through stuff. Just to kind of, like disconnect scroll through something i'm like let me see if i could buy something you know for like my little side hustle and the next morning i was so tired like so sick and tired and you know in general i've resisted posting anything because i don't want to argue about keyboard with keyboard warriors about this like because i get so fucking aggravated when people are like but no no buts like they killed him they killed him like they kill all these other guys you know and then the protests in Minneapolis started happening and you know it was encouraging to see because they had their masks some people had gloves they were social distancing and they were peaceful. 
Then they started tear gassing the peaceful protesters, right? And then that night, like the next day after that, like the all the videos of all the craziness was like, you know, were starting to get posted and circulated. And I could not sleep. Like I was so worried and so scared for these protesters. I like was truly like genuinely worried. Like what is this going to turn into? I hope they stay safe. And then, you know, I saw that L.A. was protesting, too. And you guys know, L.A. has their history of race riots. And, you know, I prayed that night. I prayed over these protesters. I, you know, like, I, because I was just like, I don't even know what to, I don't know what else to do. I tried, you know, to make some tea and read, get me sleepy. Didn't work. You know, the only thing, finally, I guess the tea started kicking in and I, and I, had my little playlist for when I fly because you guys know I get super anxious when I fly and I fell asleep and honestly I only slept like four hours because the next morning I was up way early because I couldn't sleep anymore and then you know like most people doing my social media rounds in the morning that's when I saw this asshole called Trump. Okay, and the shit he was talking about <laughs> protesters and I was livid. This man said and I quote, "These thugs in all caps are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd and I won't let that happen." Just spoke to Governor Tim Walz and told him that the military is with him all the way. Any difficulty and we will assume control. But when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Thank you. With an exclamation point. <sighs> Look. When you see the person that is supposedly our president, right? Calling protesters thugs and encouraging shooting at protesters, that's a huge problem. That is a huge, that is a huge, huge problem. And instead of trying to calm things down, he incites more shit. And this is what I've been saying from before he got elected. But people see what they want to see. And then, you know, more videos from the protests started coming out. And then, you know, you hear about Target and AutoZone. And my ain't like my sadness started turning into anger for sure. And especially and honestly, like my blood started to boil with seeing what Trump said. But then when, then I think that morning was when the stuff started coming out that, like, there was a guy um, in dress in all black and a gas mask and an umbrella, which I was like, that's really strange. Um, going, going to AutoZone and smashing the windows with the, with the hammer. There were videos of cops putting wood together to start fires in Minneapolis. And these were, th- these were cops. These were cops pretending to be protesters. 
you know, all to make the pro- peaceful protests illegitimate and take away from their message. And then to see how people fall for that shit online is mind-boggling. Because you're like, wait, no, I thought we were smart. I thought that we were older people with some sense of abstract (laughs) thinking who could put two and two together through critical thinking skills. But clearly, a lot of people lack that. Okay, it's like, hey, what makes more sense? That there would be undercover cops bashing shit in and trying to set people up? Or that there's undercover protests trying to set themselves up? Like, what sense does that make? Like, protesters, especially peaceful protesters, it's not about burning shit up that's when that stuff starts happening when you start attacking peaceful protesters because when you attack someone the natural reaction is to fight back what person do you know in like history that turns the other cheek truly if someone comes and punches you in the face or punches your friend in the face you're just gonna stand there and be okay with that no you're going to fight back like for your people, for your community. So why do these people hold the same thing with cops? Cops, something happens to another cop, all the cops come and start bashing shit in. So why are, why are citizens, private citizens, being held to a much higher standard than the actual cops themselves? That doesn't make any sense. And so, you know, social media, um, the, like I said, you know, the other day, these are one of the few times where the court of public opinion comes in handy. Social media, you know, all those little IG investigators found this man, got the text, leaked the text of people confirming that it was him and other cops undercover. Okay. But then I was like, feeling hopeless and helpless because it's like, okay, we have this information. What do we do with it? And I felt like being here in Miami and seeing the stuff happening in other places, like, I didn't know what to do. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, what do I do to stop systemic racism? It's like a whole system that's designed to keep us down. You know what I mean? And then, you know, we got the news that they arrested the murderer, the one murderer. But it's like, that's not enough. You know, like, you need to sit here and arrest the other three accomplices and charge them for something higher than third-degree murder. You know what I mean? Like, so, and then, you know, of course, like, all of this was in the same day. And then the video from the other angle dropped showing that the other three guys were holding down George Floyd while this guy was putting his knee in his neck. And it's like... What kind of fuck shit is that? Like, are those the de-escalation quote techniques that they use? Like, that they've been taught, supposedly? No. All this training and retraining and body cams, what the fuck is it worth? If the same shit keeps happening. (sighs) And so, you know... It was dealing with all of that information. You know, once again, I couldn't sleep. 
then the next day all the other protesting started happening everywhere else like catching fire okay atlanta you know the cnn building chicago la still on it the new york and then i just couldn't sleep and then they were organizing protests for here in Miami. And I was still kind of super hesitant about going to the protest um, because of the corona. I was like, oh, my God, the Rona. Like, I have not been in a crowd of people in months. I don't know how I feel about that. I'm going to feel suffocated. And then you have to be walking out there with your mask. Um, I found out about D.C., early that morning and then this fool in connection to dc had the nerve to sit here and talk like he's freaking mr burns talking about oh the vicious like release the hounds like the fuck (laughs) you are not mr burns you know what i mean like completely horrible like talking about using the ominous weapons like are you serious this is our president like the and then my question i guess for the other side is you don't see anything wrong with your president talking like that about protesters that are exercising their right to freedom oh and i forgot then the report back in the first day of the protest in minneapolis the black hispanic reporter that got arrested for being a reporter for cnn and he got like arrested live on air when you see shit and then they're like oh because we didn't know like we couldn't verify who you were and he was like trying to show them his credentials a bunch of times and he told them like we're with cnn like we're live and they didn't even care and then there was another white that he his white counterpart did not get arrested anyways anyways and so this guy I had, hold on, because I'm, like, looking for the tweet. I want to read it. I can only find part of it. Okay. Great job last night at the White House by the U.S. Secret Service. They were not totally, only totally professional, but very cool. I was inside, watched every move, and couldn't have felt more safe. They let the, quote, protesters scream and rant as much as they wanted. But whenever someone got too frisky or out of line, they would quickly come down on them. Hard. Didn't know what hit them. The front line was replaced with fresh agents. Like magic. Big crowd. Professionally organized, but nobody came close to breaching the fence. If they had, they would have been greeted with the most vicious dogs and most ominous weapons I have ever seen. That's when people would have been really badly hurt, at least. Many Secret Service agents just waiting for action. We put the young ones on the front line, sir. They love it. And And I'm like, oh my god, this guy is like living out his fantasy. He wants to, like... 
how do people not see this as like he wants to see America fucking burn from the White House and just laugh and he thinks it's a joke and he thinks it's cool and he thinks like this is like his weird like action movie fantasy like that is so freaking terrifying okay and it's wrong (laughs) my god and then what's crazy is that these people voted for him and will vote for him again oh my god oh my god oh my god it just stresses me out so freaking much (sighs) so much okay anyways Anyway, so, uh, you know, I like I said, I was conflicted about the protest, and um, my parents would have been super against it, because, you know, because of, of all the riots that were happening, because, you know, all the other cities broke out into riots, right? And actually, a lot of the cities had peaceful protests at first, and then they broke out into riots, and then into looting. Um... But man, I honestly just felt like I couldn't, I can't, like, I can't. My conviction does not allow me to, like, sit home and do nothing. Like, I need to show up and show out and support, you know, um, my people. And, and show these people what we're about. Like, that we're not okay with this. Like, this is... I feel like this whole thing, you know, all in all, has been, like, an attack on our right, you know, on, like, the pursuit of, ha- of the pursuit of happiness, you know, it has a- been an attack on our, on our right to assembly, on our freedom of press, you know what I mean, like, this is scary stuff. This, like I said, this guy wants to watch, like, the world burn from the White House. And so I just can't sit around and, like, not do anything. So I went to the protest. Um, I represented with my Haiti bandana as my face mask. Um, you guys may have seen that I had posted the Coral Gables event. And then, um the downtown protest here's why i ended up not going to the coral gables one and why i was like hey yeah it's not really maybe the one you want to go to i'll say why it was because we had received information that they had invited the cops at this point and the way that they put it was like they're not centering the voices that need to be heard like they're centering towards the cops which is like the exact opposite of what we're trying to accomplish here like and you know as we found out afterwards like you know they like did like a prayer thing and which hey I'm all about prayer like I believe in God I believe in praying and that he listens to our prayers but let me tell you the last thing I want to do is pray with a cop okay like it it does like I'm not on that kumbaya shit right now no and it almost felt like a PR stunt you know because then city officials went and all this I didn't like it I didn't 
I mean, like I said, that's that part of it I found out about afterwards, but as soon as I saw that they invited the cops, I was like, Oop, nope, I'm not going. That's not where I'm meant to be. And, you know, like, there have been so many times where people have tried to be peaceful. Minneapolis, they were peaceful, and they and that didn't work. And I hate now these people sharing these pictures of Martin Luther King you know, and they're walking and protesting. And it's like, yeah, but you don't see when they were getting fucking beat up in their Sunday best, right? Like, you're going to ignore that part of it, right? Like, no, bro. Like, whatever. Anyways. Anyways, I digress. I'm going to keep, you know, kind of like moving along. But, um,. Yeah, so I went to the protest in downtown Miami. I went by myself because I didn't really ask anybody to go with me because of the corona thing, really. And, you know, people, I don't know, people do what they want. People do what they feel is necessary for themselves, right? So I wasn't going to ask anybody to carry that burden or carry that risk with me. Like, I'm ready to risk it, you know, so that's on me. But, you know, I made sure, um, you know, I had, like my sister, I let her know since I wasn't going to tell my parents. I let my sister know she had my location. And I was like, yo, if this shit goes down, this, this and this um, and my friends, too. Like I had a plan for shit went south. I promised myself, my sister and my friends that as soon as I saw things taking a turn for the worst, that I would leave. Um and, you know, like, I felt confident because I know the downtown and Brickell area really well. So, you know, I strategized my parking. I parked in Brickell because I was like, if shit goes down, I want I don't want my car to be close by. I want it to be, like, kind of not far, like, close enough where I could walk if I needed to. But far enough that if stuff started happening, it would take a long time to get to my car <laughs> you know what I mean like it would take a lot a long time for destruction to get to my car so that's pretty much what I did and then you know my friend also you know one of my friends was like hey if you know something happens like with your car or whatever like call me and like I will go get you like don't worry so you know I had people who were like helping me out in that way um so, you know, I got downtown, I went downtown and everybody was social distancing, everybody was wearing masks, you know, we marched, um, got up, we held up traffic in the highway, you know, like it was peaceful, it was peaceful, but it was in a way like, no, you can't ignore us anymore, you know, we were marching, we were chanting you know, begging people to stop, pretty much. The cops, you know, were lining the street, of course, certain corners. Um, no one was engaging with each other. And this went on for hours, right? It was peaceful. It was fine. Um, I guess to note in this summary, we had passed by the police station you know, a bunch of times in our marching, right? Um, 
And then there was like a small group of aggressive people who were mad that we weren't like that people weren't protesting at the doors of the police station. And they weren't wrong, but I don't know. Something about the way they were saying it stood out to me for sure. And then, you know, like if you know downtown, headed back to Bayside. So it was a walk. It was a walk. I did like a total of like eight miles. (laughs) So I'm dead and I'm a little like I'm dead and I feel like I'm hungover, even though I'm not. I'm like exercise hungover. Um. And, you know, that's, like, when a friend hit me up and let me know that he was there, too. Um, he And he hit me up because I put it on IG Live on my personal. Because I wanted people to see for themselves what was going on. You know what I mean? Um, and then they were like, and then it's funny, I was telling my friend, I was like, yeah, and then they were like, okay let's go again and I'm like oh my god I'm so tired but I was like so about it and then they're like okay we're gonna go back to the police station at this point at some point I stopped because I was like okay I need to like fix my mask I need to get some water I need to fix my hair like you know fix the bun which I'm really glad I did and you know on this Sunday morning I want to say that I'm very, I'm always very thankful of the way things happen because I know that, like, God is looking after me and is watching over me. And, you know, things happen in a way and things always happen for a reason. And, you know, I've been blessed by His grace. You know what I mean? That He has, like, protected me throughout everything that has, that I've lived through pretty much, you know? Um, and so, you know, I marched on with the, the main group or rather behind the main group. Right. And we passed by a line of cops again, whatever. And then we turned the corner and as I was getting closer to the police station, I saw people were throwing like bottles and I, like, literally said, like, oh, no, like, out loud, you know what I mean, to myself. And I knew it was time to go. I was going to start recording because I felt like, okay, I need to record what's going to happen. And I stopped myself, and I'm so glad that I did because then, you know, we heard a noise. It sounded like kind of like shooting but muffled shooting, which is the boop, Right? And I saw the scared looks and just everybody at the same time like started like turning and running. And I had never run away like that in my life. And mind you, up until most recent years, I've always been super athletic, right? Like no stranger to running. But the way I ran and you know, I I always like sprained my ankle and I was like I was like, I'm surprised I didn't sprain my ankle. Yo, I got and like I was running, running, running. I couldn't breathe, so I pulled my mask down and I kept running, bro. Like I booked it. And then like, you know, we got a little bit far enough. I stopped 
and you know it's like walking to breathe and then there were some girls that were like debating about going to the station they're like oh some people are walking back and i was like no uh we were running and like literally me in the middle of me warning these girls about going over there because it was like three girls that were by themselves um the crowd started running again and like you could hear people yelling about the tear gas and so i started running like towards the train station um so that i can go ahead and get on like the metro and go to my stop to get my car by this point so like you know what i mean like i'm walking i see the police that i had passed by you know in front of like maybe 10 minutes earlier and they <clears throat> they now had their gas masks on so i was like oh no it's time like i gotta go like i really have to go and then when i checked my phone um it turned out my friend had been calling me and so i called them back like you know like we were facetiming me and he was like yeah i was calling you to let you know not to come to the police station i was like no i left already and he was like yeah they started throwing tear gas at people and he and then so you know like we agreed on the meetup point and um like so that we could walk together because he was leaving too so i met up with my my friend and his girlfriend um and they were gonna walk me to the train and then the police had blocked off the train like the entrance to the to the metro rail which i'm super curious why that happened and then i was just like i'm not gonna ask a cop shit so we're like well let's go so I walked with them and they uh, to their car and they ended up giving me a ride. But I was so freaking scared. And, you know, um, I, I re- rely heavily on my intuition. I am, like, on a personal basis, like, I'm a very spiritual person and I pay attention to, like, you know what I mean? And there's... I think God has blessed me with, like, intuition and discernment, you know? Like, not only to be able to observe, but to, like, decipher what's happening. And I knew, I knew, like, I don't know, something felt wrong when I passed by and those guys, like, you know, the guy, the guys I had mentioned earlier, and I don't know, it, it something felt weird. Um... And then, you know, my, like, I met up with my friend, and he was telling me he saw someone with, like, a 4 by 4 He knew that, like, the shit was going down. And it's like, that's crazy, because we had just spent so many hours protesting in the sun, and it was fine. You know what I mean? Um, And it's so, it was just, that was upsetting, because it's like, man, like, all the good work we had done was, you know, destroyed by these people. Now... Let me okay, whatever. I've got I've got thoughts on writers and looters and stuff like that. Um but that's the sidebar. But you know, so I like I whatever. I got dropped off in my car and like called everyone, let them know what was up, that I was leaving, that I was like safe, you know. Um, I went to go meet up with another friend and eat and just, like, decompress. And she was telling me about how they found out that um, all the looters that they arrested in Minneapolis were planted white supremacists. And I'm like, oh, perfect. That's 
typical okay hashtag america with three k's um and that's when we got information about the curfew out here in miami basically you know they did the curfew um because of the because because like the protests of course turned into riots now and then, you know, then eventually the looting videos, you know, my mom hits me up. She was, like, crying, you know, and, like, when I went back home, like, she didn't ask me, but I'm pretty sure she knows I was there. And, you know, she was just telling me that she was just really worried, like, the whole day, because I was out, you know, the whole day. And... um. I don't know, I felt bad. I felt guilty, you know, because I guess I didn't think about... It didn't occur to me that my mom would be worried that I might suffer myself at the hands of policemen. You know, and, like, the things I've... The, the, the stuff I've been through with the cops, like, I've never told my mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't want her to worry. Because I'm the type of person, like, fuck it, man. Like, I'm going to live my life and you know, do what I can to protect myself, but also, I'm not gonna let these people steal my livelihood away from me, you know what I mean? And so, you know, that's how I feel about it, so I felt bad, but at the same time, I knew I couldn't just stay here and, like, watch on YouTube what was happening, and, you know, at the end of the day, everyone has their role, and not everyone is meant to protest, um, I know I saw a lot of people on my timeline that went downtown to go help the protesters after the fact. They went to go take water. They took food. They took, um, you know, milk and like milk and magnesia to like help the people with the tear gas that had been tear gas, like, and like, you know, went to go pick people up. So it's not, you know, like, everyone has, like, their form of helping. Sometimes, like, you just need to spread awareness, you know? Sometimes you just need to stay out of the way and, like, shut up if you're not going to contribute to the cause, you know what I mean? Everyone has different um, roles. Um, and unfortunately, in this peaceful protest, and if you guys were on IG, on my IG Live, you saw for yourself it was pretty uneventful, TBH, you know? Um, and I'm glad, you know, I was there and I took pictures and I took videos that it was just us walking around. Um, but all it takes is one person to make shit go south. And so when you hear about it, because, you know, and then in New York, you heard about like the undercover cops, too. My sister actually texted me during the protest, like telling me, hey, they're saying the undercover cops are wearing this. So it's like when you have people plants, people planted to 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 rile up other people into violence, you have to like look at that systemically like, hey, this is a problem, like, white supremacists and undercover cops inciting violence. You know what I mean? And so that's why it annoys me when I see people condemn the protesters to hear, like, oh, this isn't protesting. It's like, it's not with the protesters. You know what I mean? 
And honestly, for the record, rioters and looters are not the same. Like, I would say protesters can turn into rioters because there are so many, like, there's so much anger, you guys. There's so much anger that fills someone. Like, I used to be one of those people that used to really talk shit about rioters until I learned. And... Once you start feeling that anger for yourself, then you know what I mean. You can empathize, or not even empathize, sympathize. But it's like, until you feel that anger, try to empathize. Like, it took a long time for me, you know, as an adult, to get to the point where I got so angry that I understood. Like, yo, yes, I am so fucking tired of this shit. Yeah, I'm going to flip shit over because I'm done with this shit. I'm done with you. Like, like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And then looters, I don't think should be. So that's how rioters can come from protesters. Is because you have that anger. You have people that try to incite violence like the police. And then we're not, as a people, going to take that, like I said earlier. But then looters are people who took who take advantage of this situation. And I would not say that those are the same group of people. You know what I mean? I would say the people who tend to be looters, like are a separate group of people, you know what I mean, who are not there for the cause. Like like I said, they're taking advantage of this situation. And I think people need to recognize the difference and see that there is a difference. You know what I mean? And, like, there's a reason why shit has popped off so much quicker than it originally did in Minneapolis. Like, people already saw how peaceful protesters have been treated, and now we're on the defense. Okay, you know what I mean? And then the other thing is that, and like I said earlier, there's so much to unpack. The other thing is that white people, like to see white people going to government buildings with assault weapons and Trump praises them and nothing happens to them and they don't get tear gassed, that pisses people off. Like, fuck that shit. You're going to sit here and tell me it's not racist? But when we go, and then these dumbass people, like, talking about haircuts and shit, and it's like, when we go and protest injustices, protest police brutality, we get tear gassed, you know what I mean? People get beat. Like, that's why rioting happens, you know what I mean? Like, if you, like, the anger that I feel is something that is so hard to explain, because it just makes you want to do some shit. Like, because you're tired of just sitting there. You know what I mean? And this is what happens when you push people to this point. Instead of actually fixing the problem, you keep placating people. You lull people into complacency. You, you know what I mean? Like, you create the system in a way where if anyone does speak up, anyone does stand up for the right thing, like, that they're punished... And it's like, you think that that makes the anger go away. And that just makes us bury the anger until something like this happens where it erupts again. You know what I mean? 
And yeah, like rioting sucks, but hey, our people being killed sucks. You know what I mean? Like, until you feel the pain of people, of watching people being killed because of your skin color, and then those people get away with it, you won't know that anger. If you saw people from your community, like, being hunted, you would riot for justice, too. That's what I don't understand about fucking white people. It's ridiculous. And I get so annoyed with these white people and their holier-than-thou perspective. No, man, if you were getting beat up, if you saw people getting beat up, you would do something, too. It, like, oh, my God. And I'm so tired. And I'm so tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know, like... Because you think that something's going to get done and stuff ends up not getting done because these white people in power do not care. They want us to stay where we are and not do shit. And if you're one of those white people that cannot empathize with, like, the plight of, you know, the black person, then you're just like the people in power. And that's why we don't like you. (laughs) And, you know, honestly, it's so tiring giving my perspective. And then giving my perspective and giving my opinion and talking about the collective experience. And then people try to invalidate that. No, man, get out of here with that fuck shit. I'm tired of explaining to you. I'm tired of talking to you. We've had forums. We've had talks. We've had all the, like, conferences we, you know what I mean, like, we have the history books to show us, and you still can't figure out how to, like, can't figure out supposedly what's wrong. No, you don't want to figure out what's wrong. You don't want to figure out how to fix it. Anyways, as you can imagine, I've been riled up, and last night, the protest was yesterday, last night, I could not sleep, you guys, like, You know, I got home and, you know, like I, sh- I was like, okay, I'm in the shower. I'm going to, like, drink my tea and I'll just fall asleep because I'm so tired. And then I, you know, was watching stuff on on Instagram to catch up because, you know, I had been, like, busy with the protest for a lot of the day. And then I saw the videos of cops from all over the country like the montage video that showed all over the country cops beating the hell out of peaceful protesters and spraying them with you know mace and throwing tear gas bombs and stuff and I just I cried for the first time about this you know and I could not stop crying and earlier in my conversation with my mom you know, my mom, like, was crying to me. She said, I don't know why the world is so against black people. And that made me so, like, profoundly sad. You know, like, because I can't understand how there's so much hate. You know, we have anger because of something that was done to us. But no one, we didn't do anything to you. So how are you the people who are mad about how we react? You know? 
And there's, like, so much hate that it created someone like Trump. And it's going to create more people like him. There's so much hate that, like, white people want to gaslight an entire race. Like, there's so much hate that white people have worked so hard to distort history and to distort the truth so that they can keep making money and keep the power, bro. And that's why I think, like I said, it's so important to to document what's happening and to take videos and to take photos and write about it and, like, really, like, think about what's happening because this is history. And if you, if we do not present the correct, like, the truth, if we don't present the truth, white people will use, you know, whatever they have and create their own narrative. And that's not okay. And, you know, last night, I, like, I was just crying for so long. Like, I just could not stop crying. And, you know, I cried about, like, you know, my future kids because it scares me to want kids and want to bring kids into a world that has been rigged against them, you know what I mean, to the system. Like, I couldn't stop thinking about, like, the day, like, that my kid figures out, figures out, like, what I have figured out by now. You know, that, like, white people will stop at nothing. Racists will stop at nothing. That they'll kill people. They will sabotage people who get in their way. You know, and so that's the other thing that annoys me about people using Martin Luther King. Do people forget that the United States government ordered a hit on Martin Luther King? And that was verified in court? Like, that is not hidden information. You know what I mean? So it's like, no, don't sit here and tell me to be peaceful because we had peaceful people and you killed them all. Or we had, you know what I mean? Like we even had like JFK who was a progressive president. I'm sure in the government they had some shit to do with that. You know, all the people who were trying to do good things in their community, they kill or they sabotage their lives or both. You know what I mean? Like, they'll bring down people, like, they'll bring down communities and put blame on them. You know what I mean? And, like, that's, like, too much to think about sometimes. It, like, and especially when, when it comes to, like, you know, making the decision, like, if you want to have kids or not. And then you start thinking about that shit. It's like, why would I want to bring a kid into this world? You know? And what people don't realize is that every time a black person is unjustly murdered, it hurts the community. It hurts, like, it hurts, like, if it was someone that you know. You know? And it's, like, you keep going through, like, this grief process for every story that you hear. And then, on top of the stories, you have, like, the visuals and stuff to accompany it. That will traumatize anybody. And so, you know, after trying to process all these feelings and just, I just wanted to go to sleep. I was able to get to sleep at almost 3.30 in the morning. So on one hand, I'm conflicted about the riots because I'm like, I do feel like it almost takes away from the original message. But honestly, 
right now, change is more important to me than peace. America created this, and they will have to contend with what they've done, what they did in the past, what they're doing now. It's real, it's here, it's in their face. Like, you cannot ignore it anymore. You didn't want to make racism and police brutality your problem. Now we're, we're going to make it your problem. And honestly, let this country burn.